0: welcome to citri Church the book it we believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it we pray you enjoy this message today We are stepping into a new normal as a church, one where faith becomes our default setting, where we walk by faith, speak words of faith, live by faith and take steps of faith. And there are certain things that we can do if we want to live by faith to adopt this new normal faith lifestyle. We are looking at four components of faith and each one has a physical stance to help us to remember them. And we spoke about the first two components last week. For those that have already watched last week's message, the first component was faith, faith stands. Faith is a position that we take. It's a stance of confidence and it's a stance of strength where we stand even when things don't seem to be working out the way that we had planned. We continue to stand in the midst of the testing and the trials. We can stand in faith knowing that the God we follow is faithful to keep his promises. The second component is faith sees. Faith sees. We are called to see beyond, to look beyond what we can see in the natural, to look at our future with eyes of faith, to see what God sees about our future, to see the possibilities in Him. Faith sees. I encourage you, if you missed last week's message, then why don't you go back and watch it after this one and you can find it here on our YouTube page. And we covered both of these components in great detail on that video. Let's take a look now at component number three. Faith declares what we say matters. What we speak holds great power. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 puts it this way. The tongue has the power of life and death. We can see that the stakes are high. Your words can either speak life or they can speak death our tongue can build things up or it can tear things down and the impact of words spoken can even linger across the decades you may have seen this effect in your own life maybe a teacher or a significant adult in your life has said certain words of you that still impact you today our words are powerful and if we were to take a moment to assess the type of language we are currently using What words are we choosing to use about our current situation? What is the overall tone we have adopted? Is it negative or positive? What words are we speaking over our family's future? Over our children? Over our spouse? What words are we speaking over our financial situation? Over our boss and work conditions? Are our words bringing life to the people and to the situations we are facing? Or do they sound a little bit more like these statements? Nothing's gonna change. My wife will never respect me. My child is just like that. They can't help but behave that way. I'm never gonna get a job. I'm never gonna have enough money. No one cares about me. I'm not worthy of love. I'll never get married. But faith has a distinct language. It moves away from these types of generalized negative statements, and it moves towards positivity. It's optimistic about the future. Faith declares victory over every opposition. Faith declares freedom to the situations that seem to be held captive. Faith declares healing. Faith declares the provision of God. Faith declares about the nature and character of God. Faith speaks and declares words of life. And how is it able to do that? Because a person who walks by faith believes the promises of God. They have aligned themselves with the word of God. They study the scriptures, reading the countless stories of God's faithfulness, love and mercy written in the Bible. They know the character of our God and that he gives promises to us, his children. They believe the promises that fill this book and boldly declare them as people of faith, believing God for breakthrough in our lives. It's vital that we are able to make these declarations of faith, to open our mouths and to proclaim the promise of God over our circumstances, just like we see time and time again in the scriptures. As David stood across the valley from Goliath, the giant from the Philistine army, David boldly declares these words to him, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands." David and the Israelite army were facing an intimidating, life-threatening battle, a battle that David shouldn't have even been involved in as he was only an adolescent. But David was able to stand and make this courageous declaration based on his understanding of the power and the strength of his God. He had seen God's faithfulness in the past in helping him defeat the lion and the bear that tried to attack his flock. Even though he was facing a new situation, which was far more intense than facing a lion and a bear, David knew that if God had done it before, then surely he could do it again. David stood in faith and declared these powerful words, and what he declared came to pass that very day. Moses had just led the Israelite people out of slavery, and yet they were being pursued by their oppressors, the Egyptian army. And they were so close to freedom Yet before them was this vast body of water known as the Red Sea. And Moses was faced with an impossible situation. How would they escape? They needed a miracle from God. And we see that Moses stands and boldly declares these words. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Moses declared these powerful statements of faith to the Israelite people. Moses knew that it was the Lord that had led them to this place and that he would be faithful to finish what he started. From Moses' burning bush experience, he knew that God was rescuing the Israelite people from the hand of the Egyptians and bringing them up into a land that was good and spacious and a land flowing with milk and honey. Moses believed God at his promise and declared these words with confidence, strength, and faith. And just like we saw happen to David, the words that Moses declared came to pass before their eyes. The Red Sea parted supernaturally, and they were able to walk across on dry ground. One day, Jesus and his disciples were in a boat and a severe storm arose. Whilst the disciples panicked, Jesus was in the stern Jesus spoke words of great authority and power. Just three words, in fact, quiet, be still. And nature had to obey his commands. Notice here that even Jesus himself declares these words out loud. Now, he could have just thought about those words, but the power was released as he spoke the words out loud. Why? Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. Peter and John were walking to the synagogue one day when they passed a beggar who had been lame from birth. This beggar called out to them for help. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Peter boldly declares these words of healing, even though there was no evidence that this man's condition would change. He spoke out words which seemed impossible to happen in the natural. Yet Peter and John knew that the name of Jesus brings healing, They boldly declared those words, and healing came to this man's body. Faith isn't afraid to declare impossible things. Faith declares victory over every opposition. It speaks words like this, fear, you will flee from my heart and mind, you have no power over me. Feelings of darkness and depression, you will go now in the name of Jesus. Faith declares freedom to the situations that seem to be held captive. I am not under the control of that offense anymore. Even though that person treated me so badly, I choose to walk in forgiveness and grace. I am no longer controlled by feelings of anger or resentment. I walk in freedom and I choose joy. Faith declares healing. I am healed in Jesus' name. This sickness must go out from my body. This virus will not come to me or my family. We are protected by the blood of Jesus. Faith declares the provision of God. My financial situation will change. God is my provider. I carry his favor when I apply for jobs. I am employed in Jesus' name. Faith speaks words of life over our circumstances. Now, we don't make declarations not in line with the word of God. These statements are also not based on wrong or selfish motives. Our faith declarations are based on the promises we find in the scriptures. Faith declares. Okay, let's move on to our fourth component of faith. Number four, faith acts. Faith requires action. It's not just enough to speak words of faith. There also needs to be actions to accompany your words. Faith requires us to take steps. Action. James chapter 2 verses 14 to 17 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith walks hand in hand with action. To live a life of faith is to live a life of action. Faith acts require obedience. We don't act blindly or randomly or even according to what we feel like doing. Faith acts require us to listen for God's voice and leading, to listen for the voice of the Good Shepherd. And as he leads us, we will follow. We act upon the promises of God. And another significant moment for the nation of Israel, now under the leadership of Joshua, they find themselves in a similar situation as their predecessors. They stood at the edge of the Jordan River with this giant body of water standing between them and the promised land on the other side. Now Joshua was a godly leader and sought the Lord about what he should do. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today, I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua already knew that God had given them the promised land. He already had faith about where God was leading them as a nation. But getting to the promised land required taking steps of faith, steps of obedience to God's leading. And Joshua wisely went to God for what to do next. He didn't rush ahead in his own strength or understanding. He inquired of the Lord, and God's guidance to them was actually rather simple. Get the priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant and go and stand in the river. Nothing too complex about that. But acting on this word required great faith, because in the natural, doing this act wouldn't lead to anything other than the priests getting wet feet. Faith obeys even when it doesn't quite make sense in the natural faith believes god at his word faith acts are not intimidated by obstacles that may stand in the way even if they seem impossible the jordan river was in full flood kilometers in distance across this was a massive body of water to cross with millions of people including young children Yet in spite of this, Joshua obeyed God, and he wasn't intimidated by this giant obstacle that was facing him. He had seen God be faithful in the past and knew that he could do it again. Joshua chapter 3 verses 15 and 16. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. The water miraculously stopped flowing. There is no reason in the natural that this should have happened. But we know that with God all things are possible. Faith steps obey God's word, and as a result, release God's supernatural power to move in our situation. As we read on in the chapter, we get to see that the people of Israel crossed over to the other side, walking on dry ground, a supernatural miracle from God, all because they simply obeyed God and took a step of faith. Faith sometimes requires us to do things that don't make sense in the natural. Joshua encountered this again as they faced their first battle in the promised land, the battle of Jericho. God told them to walk around Jericho six days in a row without saying anything. Then on the seventh day, they were to walk around Jericho seven times. And on the last time they were to sound their trumpets and give a great big shout. Now, if we looked at this in the natural, The thought of this being a strategic battle plan is rather comical. No weapons were involved, they weren't covered in defensive armor, they didn't send out their most skillful fighters or special ninjas, they just walked around for a bit, sounded some trumpets and shouted. But this plan proved to be powerful in winning the battle. Why? Because they obeyed God They acted on the word of God and they obeyed the steps of faith that he asked them to take. And as a result, they won a mighty battle. Faith sometimes requires us to do things that don't make sense in the natural. One day, Jesus came to the disciples. He stood on the shore whilst the disciples were out on the water in a boat. They'd already been fishing all night and hadn't caught a thing. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Now, when you look at this in the natural, it doesn't really make sense. The water under the boat is all connected. Putting a net on the right side of the boat still accesses the same fish swimming in the water that's all around the boat. It doesn't make sense in the natural that putting the nets on the right side of the boat would make any difference at all. But it did. And Why was that? Because the disciples obeyed what Jesus asked them to do. As they did, they pulled in a miraculous catch. Do you want to see more miracles happen in your life? Then take steps of faith. Act in obedience to God's leading and guidance and watch and see what God does in your life. Faith requires action. We need forward motion. You can't steer or guide a parked car. You can sit in the driver's seat and turn the wheel as often as you like, hoping you'll make it to your destination. But nothing is going to happen until you turn on the engine and the car gains some forward motion and momentum. It's only then that you can steer the car to the right destination. We can be standing in faith, seeing the future with eyes of faith, declaring words of faith over our situation. Yet at some point we will be required to act to take a step of faith. And God is faithful to direct us to take that step forward, seeking his leading and guidance for our lives. You may be asking, how do I know if this is the right step or not? Sometimes it may require us to lift our foot, to lean forward into the next step, and that's when God will direct us as to where to go. You can't direct a non-moving object, but something that is moving can be guided and led, turned and directed. So faith acts. What step of faith is God asking you to take? We are entering into a new normal as a church, one where faith is our default setting. And I want to encourage each person watching today to embrace these components of faith and to apply them to your life. I know that it's as you do this, you will find yourself getting stronger and maturing in your relationship with Christ. And you'll begin to see amazing miracles happen in your life. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope you are inspired with this message. For more information about our church and our program, please visit citruskit.com.